You are listening to Redefining Disability, an adaptive sports podcast brought to you by Move United. I am your host, Sean Butcher, and I have the privilege of serving as the editor of Move United Magazine, the nation's leading adaptive sports publication. Each week, tune in to hear how sports have made it possible for our nation's adaptive athletes, training tips from the best coaches and program leaders, and news on the latest technology, equipment, and trends in the industry. Sports have always played a role in Christian Martinez's life. He served in the Marine Corps, including two combat tours, but had his leg amputated below the knee as a result of a motorcycle accident. After rehabilitation, he discovered para-snowboarding and has been active in that sport and others. Christian is finishing up his degree in recreational therapy and hopes to also make a difference in the lives of other individuals with disabilities. So let's chat with him. So Christian, I thought I'd just start by asking you, how has sports been a part of your life, I guess, from the beginning? Uh, I mean, I played baseball and football growing up. Uh, started baseball when I was eight years old and then football when I was nine. And then played about till I think my junior year in high school. And then I got a job and, you know, job kind of took a priority over sports. Unfortunately, I should have stuck with it. But um, ever since that, uh you know, I joined the military, went to California, and I did some, like, pickup basketball. I, I did a beer league for softball out there and stuff like that. Um, and then got into motorcycles, and my motorcycles kind of took over my life. So that was my new kind of sport, I guess, in a sense, you know. Um, and then got into a motorcycle accident and then got the below-the-knee amputation. Um, and then at the hospital, I got introduced to rec therapy. And absolutely changed my life. And that's why I'm going to school for it now. So I can change other people's lives as well through recreational and leisure. Um, But yeah, I got introduced to rec therapy. And from there, uh, I was taken to all types of veteran uh, events where I got, you know, where I I discovered snowboarding, fell in love with it. Um, From there, I discovered bicycling, like uh, mountain biking. When I came out to Colorado, discovered mountain biking, fell in love with that. Um, And then they just took us like kayaking and... um, you know, we did a bunch of hikes and stuff like that. So when I moved to Colorado, I kind of just stuck with it. And uh, so I'd, you know, still hike, kayak, mountain bike, snowboard, um, you know, pretty much anything under the sun. I really do enjoy. Yeah, so, it so. Seems, so it seems like younger in your younger years, you're more kind of team sport oriented, right? With the right. baseball and, and football. But it sounds like you pivoted to kind of more individualized sports. Do you know if there's a reason why or? Um, well, I mean, I, I just... I wasn't really, I didn't grow up doing individual sports. I mean, my parents didn't really go hiking or anything like that. It was just strictly just kind of like city sports type of thing. Something that was cheap and baseball and football is cheap. So, <laughs> so, but it's great. Cause you know, I built, you know, sportsmanship, team building, you know, teamwork, accountability, things like that, you know? Um, but I, I've gone more with the solo because they're just sports that just, you know, if it was a team effort, then I'll, you know, if it was a team sport that dealt with those, I'll be all about it. It's not like I'm just trying to be solo just to do my own thing, but it's great. Cause then I can kind of just like, I'm always challenged. I'm always versing myself. I'm always trying to better myself. I'm always challenging myself, you know, and if for whatever reason, you know, I, I screw up once or twice, it's just, I can't blame anybody but my, myself, you know? So it's just, it's just, you know, it's a process and stuff like that, but, um, I don't, I don't mind it at all, you know, but when I do, you know, I do, uh, I, it's not a team sport, but I do it with other individuals that are similar, that they, they enjoy similar activities that I do. 
So I go out, you know, I go out, snow, out snowboarding with groups. I go mountain biking with groups, especially mountain biking. Cause I mean, you can get really hurt. You need somebody to have your back, you know? So, um, that's something I really don't try to do by myself, but, um, yeah, hiking. I mean, I take my dog hiking, so she's always keeping me company and I was trying to invite people out to go on hikes and stuff like that. My school actually does um, every so often I do veteran hikes. So a bunch of us vets will get together. We'll go do a hike and go hit a brewery after have a beer or two and stuff like that. So it's not per se that I'm trying to be solo in a sense, but just some of these sports, sometimes they just, yeah, they, you know, you, you gotta be able to invite people out and stuff like that's not the type of thing. We just like meet up. You know, and yeah, 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 and doing your own things perfectly fine too. I mean, there are benefits. I think uh, there's pros and cons and benefits to each, right? There's pro- pro- benefits to team sports, but there's also just benefits to being able to go out on your own and and enjoy nature and and uh, right. you know, kind of uh, reflect and all kinds of things that allow you to you know to allow you to do solo things too. And absolutely. And, and I always like to ask my fellow veterans um, the question: Why? What was your why? Why did you join? Why did you enlist? Oh, nothing really special about it. Uh, I just had nothing better else. I, I couldn't pay for school. My parents dang sure couldn't pay for school. Um, so school wasn't an option. Um, that was in 08 where we just got hit with economic, you know, mm-hmm. you know, with the economic crisis on that. So jobs were scarce, you know. Um, and if you and if you wanted work, it was more like fast food chains and stuff like that, which I wasn't really interested in. So you know, um, my dad was in the army, so I talked to him about it. He was like, yeah, you should, you know, join the military. It's a good option to have. So went and checked out the army recruiting station, um, but it was closed because they had all the branches there. So it was closed. And mm-hmm. um, so I'm like, you know, banging on the door, looking into it. And a Marine recruiter saw me and came out and he was like, oh, you're thought about the Marines. I'm like, oh, I'm already here. Let me check it out. You know, <laughs> and they put this super cool video of them kicking down doors, blowing up, blowing stuff up, clearing buildings and stuff like that. I was like, yeah, these dudes are cool. I want to be these guys. And uh, that's pretty much it. I just, um, yeah, just didn't really have any options. And the military was probably the best option that I had. And um, yeah, I just did my four and got out. You know, I thought about doing uh, uh, enlisting reservists, but just wanted to kind of get out and do my own thing, you know. Yeah, you know it's funny you say that you share that story though because you're not the first one that that told me that you know they were going to go to a a particular branch, and then they were closed or not available. So they just right. so so you're not the only one that is just like okay, this one sounds good too. <laughs> right, I'm sure that happens more often than not for sure. Yeah, and and obviously you had a family history in the army, so at least that that, that was I think that's a lot of people already have that that join or enlist in any military service has someone that they know that that's been in the military. So I think that, that, that at least in the back of your mind was, was something that was, was at least part of your thinking. I I imagine. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And then what did you do in the Marines? What was your MOS? Uh, so I did motor transport. So we did, um, so I was a combat logistics unit. So mm-hmm. we resupplied small fobs, small entry, um, infantry units and stuff like that. Um, so I did two deployments to Afghanistan each time. All we did was just, one day we'll load and stage. Next day we'll go on a convoy and drop everything off. And then you just do everything all over again the next day. So it's just back to back to back to back to back, um, which is great because those seven months just flew by, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but on deployments, I was a machine gunner. So for people that don't know that, I just pretty much sit on top of a truck with a big weapon and make sure nobody messes with us and look out for like signs of IEDs and things like that. Yeah. Um, so, but every once in a while I'll drive to, if they need a driver, like, I'll, you know, they'll, they'll TAD me out to another uh, platoon and I'll drive for them or whatever, maybe, you know, 
So, um, so yeah, so I just did motor transport. So pretty much drive big tactical trucks around and resupply people and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. And then, so after your four years, how did, where did your life take you? What, um, where did you, where did you move to and what did you get uh, into? Yeah. Uh, so I stayed in California. So I was stationed in Camp, Camp Pounce of California. Okay. And you know, all, I see all my friends getting out and going back home, going back to the hometown. I'm like, Mm-mm. I was like, I left my hometown for a reason. So a buddy and I got a apartment out there. And, um, so pretty much shortly after I got out, uh, I hope I'm okay to say this, but I worked for a dispensary for two years. Mm-hmm. So did that, um, you know, deliver guy resupplying people, you know, supplying people with uh, medicinal marijuana and whatnot. So, um, I did that for two years. Um, and then the people that own the business moved to Miami. So they want to run such a big organization. So instead of doing THC and CBD, they just did CBD. So I got let go. And then, um, I, I had a buddy that we, so I, by this time I've been riding motorcycles for about five, six years. I got, I pretty much got a motorcycle three months after I hit the fleet. Like as mm-hmm. soon as I hit the, as soon as I got to my fleet, I bought a motorcycle. So, I mean, I was a broke kid. So instead of taking my bike to the shop, I'll just take it to my buddy's garage and we'll just work on it there, have a couple beers, hang out. And I really enjoyed it. So I got, in, um, a buddy of mine told me about a school that teaches you to become a motorcycle mechanic. So it's called Motorcycle Mechanics Institute, mm-hmm. but it's only in uh, Phoenix and Orlando. Hmm. So my parents live in Miami. So I was like, I'll just move to Orlando. I can visit my family whenever I can, you know, and whatnot, be closer to them. You know, obviously by this time I haven't seen them. Well, not haven't seen them, but haven't been really around them in the past six years. So I was like, you know, it'd be nice to be around my family and go to more family uh, functions and whatnot. So yeah, right. <laughs> Puerto Rican food is fantastic. So, you know, I always try to get on that as, as often as I can. So, um, but anyways, yeah, moved to um, Orlando. And so by this time I was a, I was a, I was sport bike guy, you know, I had Yamahas, Honda, CBRs and whatnot, R6s. Um, so I was going to do Honda and uh, Yamaha was the, uh, the brands I was going to specifically pursue. And then got introduced to a sportster, Harley Davidson sportster, and absolutely fell in love with it. Fell in love with like that bobber style, you know, and switched over to the dark side. <laughs> I still stuck, I still stuck out with Honda because I was already halfway through it, but I dropped Yamaha and picked up Harley. So um went to the Harley, uh Harley side of it. And I mean, Harley's just so much easier to work on, you know. You know, you don't have to strip fairings off of them. And sometimes the translation between Japanese and American English is you know, so like if you're trying to do a chassis, you have to go all the way to like the brake side of the manual mm. and just it was a lot more difficult. So I stuck with the Harley, Harley side of it. And Harley's, you know, it's big money. Harley Davidson as a company is huge, huge money. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, went to the Harley side, uh, got a job, graduated, got a job in Miami, worked at a shop down there called Pearson's Harley Davidson. Um, and then had a buddy that got a job up in Alligator, uh, um, Harley Davidson in Fort Lauderdale. And he was like, hey, man, you should come up here. Um, it's a bigger dealership, a lot more knowledge floating around. You know, they pay better. I'm like, yeah, why not? So I applied, got the job up there. So I started working up there. So I was in Peterson's for about two years. And then went to um, went over to uh, Alligator Alley. And I think I was there for about a year. And then on my way to work one day, um, I went into a turn. And this lady cut me off. So it's to avoid her. It's Florida, right? I mean, drivers up there are crazy. But um, so to avoid her, I had to go off kind of like the side of the road and just pretty much hit a patch of rocks, like pebbles. And then the rear wheel gave out and then just slid into a guardrail. And then um, so that's, that's, that was pretty much because I have uh, I have a, what's it called? Brachial plexus injury. 
on my left arm. So I have nerve damage, so I can't pull in the clutch. You know, um, it's just a, a lot of functionality and, and range of motion is just not there as it used to be. So I can't ride it. So my motorcycle days are pretty much done. My mechanic days are done. Um, so I pretty much had to switch gears and figure something else out. And then that's when I got introduced to rec therapy. Well, actually, I was going to do go to school for occupational therapy and teach amputees how to rewalk and kind of just like live, mm-hmm. a, you know, just yeah. kind of, you know, community integration and stuff like that and get them back into like everyday life stuff, you know. Because um, I was like, man, if I kick butt at it, I'm sure I can teach other people how to kick butt at it, too. So um, but then I was like, man, I don't want to be in a room sitting underneath artificial lights all day, like dealing with grumpy patients. I've done a lot of OT, you know, and I see how some of the patients kind of treat their therapists. So I was like, yeah, I don't really want to deal with that. So um, like I said, I, f- I fell in love with rec therapy and I was like, I was like, you guys are getting paid to do what? Go out and have fun. And you're getting paid to do that. I was like, sign me up, you know, Um so, and I feel like it was more of my calling. Cause like I said, like I said, I, I'm very outdoorsy. Per- I was a kid that was like always outdoors in the dirt. Never really, never really like a gamer and stuff like that. I was always outside from sun up to sundown, you know? So I just feel like it was more of my type of personality and mental state was more of the rec therapy side. So, yeah. um, so yeah, so I did a year in Tampa, decided not to do occupational therapy. So I started looking at schools in Tennessee, Utah, and Colorado, found Metro, Super school, uh, super cool school, very hippy dippy, holistic school. Um, the veteran side of it was awesome. They helped me through the, every step and they took all my credits. So I think I had like 35 credits and they took every single one of them. So I'd have to start over and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, I'm here in Metro. Now I'm going to school for rec therapy. Um, so with wellness coaching, I had about 12 credits to kind of just take whatever, you know, and I was talking to my advisor, my academic advisor, and he was like, hey, we have this wellness coaching program. It's only three classes. You take lifestyle medicine. Wellness, coach, wellness coaching one and two. And then after that, they get to do like a minimum of 20, 30 minute sessions and then take the certification. So I was like, you yeah, know, might as well get certified while I'm getting certified. So make, cause I'm trying to make all my classes work for me. I don't just want to take right. bull crap right. classes just to like, you know, just to take easy classes to graduate. Like I want to be able to take classes that will help me later in the future and kind of intertwine with what I want to do once I get out of school. Exactly. Like you said, that yeah. those, those work together well anyway, right? So right Absolutely. And, and wellness there are uh, working tandem. So that's awesome. Absolutely. And and so when you when you had your accident, um did you was there a limb salvage? Did you go through any limb salvage or was it like an immediate uh you know amputation or or how did how did that rehabilitation process work for you? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Great question. Um so I don't remember what happened. I remember going in the turn and then, so I woke up in the hospital and every, so I don't know if I'm saying too much, but I woke up in like the mid surgery and I just see people like wearing masks around me. I'm just like freaking out. And they're like, sir, sir, you've been a horrific motorcycle accident. Relax, relax. And I was just excruciating pain and I just passed out, <laughs> you know, then woke up, um, finally woke up, you know, my dad's next to me reading a magazine you know, and I start talking to him and stuff like that. And I realized, so I had paralysis in my arm for nine months. I couldn't move my arm at all mm. for nine months, mm. but nerves regenerate. And I actually like visual, like the bind is a powerful thing. I visualize myself moving my arm all day, every day. And I don't know if that kind of like hippy dippy stuff worked or not, but you know, got my shoulder back slowly. Then I got my elbow flexion going, then my wrist flexion, and then my fingers slowly came back. Um, but anyways, that's the first thing I realized was like, I couldn't move my arm. And then, you know, then I started wiggling my toes. I'm like, I don't feel all my toes wiggling, you know, and then looked down. And so pretty much everything was said and done when I woke up. So I didn't have no say in it at all. Um, so it was actually my foot that was jacked up. 
Um, but they showed me a picture like somebody walked up with a buckshot and, you know, it was just like mushroomed out. Um, so I think for mobility wise, it did half my, so half my half down is gone. So I think for mobility wise, instead of just taking my foot and ankle, I think they just went in and just cut that half of the, um, half of that calf off and stuff like that. But then I was actually going to lose my arm too. Um, but I guess they brought in a plastic surgeon. We're in Miami. So obviously, you know, they got some fantastic plastic surgeons. So they brought a plastic surgeon and, you know, they took muscle from my, um, from my bicep and attached it to there and all that good stuff. But pretty much I don't have a shoulder anymore. There's no ball and socket. It's just pretty Mm -hmm. much a metal rod that's holding it all together. Yeah. Um, That's why I don't have the range of motion, you know, like the, my digits aren't really, you can't, you know, I I can't, you know, cause it's, it's just hard for me to be able to move some of them, you know? So um, it's a good assistive hand is all I want to say, but I'll take what I can get, man. Cause like I said, not having that, not having that movement, that arm and having to do everything with one arm is a, it's no joke, no joke, you know? So, um, but yeah, the process. So, um, so yeah, that happened. Obviously, you know, my dad left, I, waterfalls for a good couple hours, you know? And then after that, I was like, what I got to do, what's next? You know, I'm not going to stop. Life is not going to stop for me. So I'm not going to stop, you know? So I kind of picked myself up, wiped some tears off and talked to my, um, my medical team is like, Hey, what I need to do, what's next? You know? And they gave me the steps, you know, wound care, taking medication, physical therapy, occupational therapy. And I had, um, fantastic therapist, uh, Dr. Hernandez. And, um, I mean, he played, he was from Columbia, super thick accent, but that guy knew his stuff. And he, um, he pretty much whipped me into shape, you know? Um, and it was difficult. It was difficult and it hurt, you know, but I trust the process. I trusted him and, um, yeah, I walked out of there, you know, I could wear pants and no, I, I wear shorts all the time. Even before my amputation, I just love wearing shorts. I don't like wearing pants, but but put pants on. Nobody who ever knows an amputee. Um, but it was it was difficult because so I I think the training before I got my leg from um from molding to actually walking out of the hospital is a three month process. And I would come in, throw my leg on, do this training, and every day for three months I'll have to take my leg off, give it back to them, and leave the in hospital in the wheelchair. So it was it was tough because for those couple for those hour two I was walking. Oh, loving it. Then I had to take it off and leave in, the, in a wheelchair, which is nothing bad. It's it's all good, you know. Um, but yeah, so it was just that was just difficult. And then um, I think it was August nineteenth. I think I came in to train, and about to take it off, he's like, "Nope." He's like, "You're leaving with it today." And I was, I mean, that was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> I mean, I think like leaving boot camp was one of the best days of my life. Some other times, you know, but definitely that was one of the best days of my mm-hmm. life. And uh, yeah, leaving that hospital with walking out of that hospital was, I mean, man, it filled my heart big yeah. time, big time. It was, it was huge. It was huge. So, um, but anyways, yeah, it was hard uphill battle, but I trusted my therapist. I trusted myself and worked through the pain and now I'm just kicking butt. So, yeah. And how did you get introduced to parasnowboarding? Uh so I went, um, so I was working with the rec therapist and the VA uh-huh. and they're like, Hey, we do this thing called winter sports clinic, the veteran winter sports clinic. Uh-huh. Would you want to go? And I was like, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Sign me up. So yeah, went to the winter sports clinic in 2019. Um, they're like, Hey, you can do skiing or snowboarding. So actually, so in Florida, I used to do like a little bit of wakeboarding here and there. Like once or two, if I had a buddy with a boat, we'll go out and mess around. Yeah, I wasn't really great at it, but it was cool just to go do it. But I longboarded a lot because, you know, Florida's flat. And they have a lot of boardwalks. I mean, California too. I used to longboard a lot, so I was 
I did a lot of board sports. So I was like, you know, I think snowboarding would be probably the best option for me. And um, yes, you did. uh, You did two days of training. So you did two days of training and then one day of a race day. So, and it's each day was two hours, but you, so I did morning, but then if you want, you can go back and request for an afternoon uh, session. So I did that. So morning and afternoon for those both days I did. So four, eight hours in total. And I mean, those eight hours, I I picked up pretty good. You know, I wasn't making complete S turns, but I was making good solid J turns and wasn't falling on my butt as much, you know? So, um, so I really enjoyed it. You know, I picked it up pretty well. I was like, man, this is a, you know, this is fun. I'm having a good time, you know, being out in the snow, um, kind of just enjoying it. It was just, it was great. It was, it, was, it felt really good to, to be on that board and kind of just like know that I could do it if it was a possibility, you know, all around awesome trip, you know, I did that, I did sled hockey, which is super fun. You know, we did some, uh, snowmobiling. Oh, great all around i mean if there's any veterans out there that's never been to one definitely go to the winter sports clinic because it's fantastic experience uh, a lot of good energy out there you know um so anyways moved to colorado and i was like you know what uh, let me try the snowboarding stuff out you know so i reached out to calf challenge athletes foundation um because i had a buddy that's been doing uh skateboarding with them i, I uh, met this guy on tampa so so quick little thing um i after my amputation i used to go to like a lot of support groups um at the VA and it was just a lot of like you know Vietnam vets and stuff like that a lot of I didn't realize how bad like serious diabetes was until my amputation and I was like wow I thought you know because my uncle my grandfather had diabetes I thought you just kind of prick yourself check the blood keep it pushing but I didn't realize like you know cause amputations and stuff like that so um but anyways a lot of Vietnam vets so a lot of older guys um so I didn't feel like I can really relate to them as much because I'm more of a younger guy so I started doing research like man maybe I can find a younger community out there that can kind of you know reach out to and ask questions, try to get some resources and whatnot. So when we started doing some research and I found the amputee coalition mm-hmm. and had this thing called a certified peer visitor certification. So I took that, it was up in Georgia. So drove up to Georgia, did that. And uh, for anybody that doesn't know, certified peer visitor is pretty much somebody that goes to either hospital or somebody's house to, for somebody that's about to get amputated or just got amputated and just, you know, kind of answer any questions, give them any resources. Um, and most of the time they just want to talk to somebody that can relate to them, you know? So I'm um, saying, so anyways, got certified that, and I met this guy out there, Tony, um, and you know we kind of just hit it off, and we just stayed in touch. And then I moved to Tampa. He's from Tampa. He's from St. Petersburg, which is right next to Tampa. Moved to Tampa. You know, we hung out, and then he always talked about this sort of um, CAF Challenge Athletes Foundation. So, you know, so I was like, you know, I, I really didn't have the money. I just moved there. You know, I had to pay first last month, all that good stuff. So I just didn't really have the funds. Um, so, uh, so he's, uh, you know, I, t- I was talking to him like, man, where do pick up snowboarding? I just don't really have the money. He's like, well, reach out to Cavs, man, you know, see if they're willing to help you out. He said, there's a veteran side, you know, um, mm-hmm. if you need a letter of recommendation or whatever it may be, let me know. So yeah, he wrote me a letter of recommendation, reached out to them and Nico, Nico, awesome individual. He's on the veteran side, reached out to him as a, Hey man, want to pick up snowboarding? Don't really have the funds. He's like, I got you. <laughs> you know, so he bought me boots, board, helmet, all the safety, all the safety gear, and then bought me an epic pass. And never looked back. Never looked back. Um, so yeah, it started, got my epic pass. And at this time, you know, I, I wasn't working, just going to school. So I had all the time in the world to go mm-hmm. up there. So I went at least two, three times a week up there. And um, yeah, it was it was difficult. Where's, where's your home mountain? Home mountain, oh man, Keystone. Okay. Keystone's that's the homie mountain. 
you know, although that's the local mountains, because you got Breck and Vale, and that's all like you know, tourists and stuff like that. But Keystone's like mostly locals and people from this area and stuff like that. So I try to stick with Keystone. But man, I've been all over. So my favorite mountain in Colorado, Steamboat. Absolutely mm. love Steamboat. Champagne powder. Every time I go there, I have a fantastic time. They have an organization called Stars out there. Yep. I don't know the whole thing, but it's um it's an adaptive uh, athletes. Um, organization that brings veterans out any uh, just any individual with disabilities they bring them out they take them out snowboarding skiing stuff like that so i got linked up with stars i went to one of the veteran um events or um yeah veteran events out there yeah. and man had a blast i had so much fun was so much <laughs> so much snow and it was great man it was a good time so anyway steamboat is probably my favorites all around in colorado but on the epic pass beaver creek love beaver creek because it's kind of like tucked away Cause it's right like 20 minutes past Vail. So most people usually stop in Breck or Vail, right. you know, nobody really makes the extra trip to Beaver Creek, but it is fantastic. Huge resort, very low key. Everybody out there is super chill. So, um, so yeah, that's my favorite, but let me go, uh, going back to, um, my first season of snowboarding. So, um, snowboarding was tough. I mean, there was some times I was just like, man, maybe this just isn't for you. Cause just, it just wasn't connecting for a while. Just, I wasn't linking turns you know um it's just yeah it was just it, I, I just I, I, at some point i kind of got discouraged i was like man maybe this just isn't for me but I was like, you know what man just push through like after the season if you didn't get it you know like i guess it just wasn't for you put up the gear all good you know move on to something else it's all good you know um but yeah one day i was just like i think it was like february it took me like half season to actually like you know actually get down but yeah one day i was just like linking turns and stuff like that i'm like oh I'm actually snowboarding now. All right, cool. <laughs> and with snowboard is like, once you got it, that's it. From there, you can just build on it, you know? So from there, like once I got those Lincoln turns, stuff like that, I just started building from there, building and building. And then went to ski spec and whew, learned a lot, became such a great snowboarder out there. Um, you know, a lot of fantastic coaches out there and stuff like yeah. that. So um, ski spec was a great, that was a great opportunity to be able to build on my skills and just, and, um, you know, and just make friendships, like longer friendships. And then, you know, um, I love the networking out there. You know, the networking is yeah. fantastic, especially for me that want to be a future rec therapist. I mean, there's half the people there are pretty much rec therapists in a sense, man. So <laughs> exactly. it was great. In some, in some way or another, yes, they are. <laughs> right. Yeah, in a sense. Yeah. Either program director, whatever it may be, you know. Um, but yeah, it was just great to be able to pick their brains and, um, you know, and, and, and be able to like, and it felt great for some of them to be like, Hey, you should do an internship with us, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, man, it's great to know that I have support out there and resources yeah. that will help me out and, uh, and opportunities too, you know? So, so that's what it's a, it's a fantastic. Is, yeah. yeah. It's a fantastic community and, and, a Absolutely. Great, and, and great to kind of connect to be a part of that. And I know you've been a part of the, the race camp at ski spectacular. So is there uh, anything that you're, are, are you wanting to take that a little bit, you know, more serious or are you, or are you just trying to hone in on your own skills just to, just to be a better boarder? What, what kind of is your, your goal with that? So race, I love racing. It's fun. It's challenging. Um, but I don't see myself too much more in the racing as in more of the instructing. Hmm. I want to instruct. So I actually, so I work with an organization called Nubability, mm -hmm. fantastic organization. So we work with the kids with limb differences and we pretty much help them adapt sports to, to allow them to, to, to be able to, um, to be able to like participate in that sport. 
So whatever can, you know, whatever they have is upper, lower, whatever it may be, we help them. We give them the tools and resources and techniques to be able to participate in any sport that they want to. So anyways, um, they have a snow camp. So we do, we mm-hmm. teach kids snowboarding and skiing. And um, I've, I'm going on my third year here in February and I went out there the first time and I absolutely fell in love with it. I loved it because I mean, no better learning than teaching, right? right. You know, they don't learn They learn. I learn just as much as they do, you mm-hmm. know? Um, and it's just great seeing the progression of them just like barely be able to get up to, you know, be able to stop and to make J turns and to make S turns and just like such a great, fantastic feeling of just like, just seeing, just seeing the smiles on their faces and, and, and just like knowing that they're having fun and they're learning and they're making friendships and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, I'm guessing the same way for ski spec. Cause I'm a student there, right. you know? So it's great seeing the progress and just like seeing other people progress too. And just cheering them on be like, Oh dude, you're crushing it, man. You know, like keep going, dude. You know, like it's all just a whole circle. Like we're all hyping each other up. We're all helping each other out. We're giving each other, you know, like, you know, advice and instructions and stuff like that. Cause that, you know, it's just, the, I mean, obviously the coach, you know, the coaches, they're the main guys, but you know, I feel like we're all kind of teaching each other too, you know, cause we have downtime. So we'll all go out riding and, you know, somebody be like, Hey man, try this out, try to bend your knees or, you know, like keep your, you know, do more hip flexion when you do this and do that and stuff like that. So, um, so it's great. So going back to the question, sorry, I'm always veering off. Uh, I, the race camp is awesome. I love to challenge myself. It, it, like I said, you, I feel like it makes me a way better rider because you got to be on it to make those gates and stuff like that. I mean, you really know how you really need to know how to turn. So when I take that out to just the regular mountains, man, I'm just like crushing it, you know? Um, so I think race camp is a great way to become a way better snowboarder. But like I said, as well as instructing, yeah, you know, instructing individuals, you learn so much and and then you get a different point of view and perspective from other people that you're teaching to, you know, so, and then just be able to be around other coaches and stuff like that. And then, you know, learning from them and whatnot. So definitely, I think I want to be more on the instructing coaching side of it. So is there yeah. an adaptive uh, snowboarding instructor and certif- certification in, in your, in your uh, plans at some point in time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I've already, so I've already, um, so I was supposed to do that last year with um, Ignite. So Ignite's over in Eldora, their adaptive mm-hmm. organization, but with school and stuff like that, it just, it, it didn't really work out. Um, but yeah, this year I'm actually trying to get with the um, NACD over mm-hmm. in Winter Park. So they have, they want, they need snowboard volunteers and stuff like that. So I think I've been kind of working with them. And they said that um, if I go volunteer with them by the end of the season, that they'll get me a class one certified. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. That Yeah. And you mentioned all of those organizations are moving, moving to a member organization, Star, Steamboat Stars, Ignite, uh, NAC, NSCD, all of them are, are member organizations. So the last question I have for you, Christian, is obviously you're completing your, 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 your bachelor's degree in rec therapy. What is your, your goal after, um, now that you're a senior and you'll be graduating soon, what right. is your, what is your goal afterwards? Oh man, that is, that's something that I've been pondering on for a while now, because obviously like I'm a disabled vet. So I feel I can do a lot of good on the veteran side, working for a VA, working for an organization that's, you know, um, tailored to vets, you know, um, cause I'll be able to relate to them in, in every angle, disability mm-hmm. angle and PTSD military prior military service angle as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I am great with kids too. You know, I grew up as camp counselor um, out here. I was a camp counselor for Boulder um, rec centers up there and stuff like that. And just like, I'm a kid at heart, you know, so I can like really relate to them. And I'm just like, 
I know how to come up with just like weird little games to keep them occupied and stuff like that. Cause with kids, I mean, you need to plan A, B, C, D, E, you know, you know, you gotta, you gotta always have a, you know, backup plan in in your back pocket. Um, so I'm, I I don't know yet, but I know for sure that I want to, in the wintertime, I want to do snowboarding. I want to do snowboarding, uh, maybe do, uh, I really enjoy sled hockey. Sled hockey is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So maybe throw a little sled hockey in there. Snowshoeing is a lot of fun. So maybe some snowshoeing in there. Um, I don't know. So definitely um, do some winter sports. And in the summer in the summertime, I like to, you know, maybe try to set up a um, uh, bicycle, bicycling, like maybe not even just like mountain biking, but just kind of just like, you know, going on just like a small little, like just dirt trails type of cycling and stuff like that. Um, really enjoy arts and crafts. So probably throw some arts and crafts. In Anyways, I, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. Definitely want to do an, uh, inter- my internship with Move United for sure. Want to do internship with them and kind of get the feel of it. Um, and kind of just like, like you said, just hone in. I really want to do because my mind is like all of like, because that's what I love about rec therapy, the spec, like you can, you know, you can pretty much use any type of activity with any type of population. I mean, it's just a really broad, broad spectrum when it, when it comes to that. So, um, I think I'm going to right now, my head's all over the place, but I think once I start doing my internship and stuff like that, I can kind of start honing on like what I truly want to really, really focus, like what population I want to work with, what modalities I really want to, you know, use with mm-hmm. that population and stuff like that. So, um, I don't know yet. I can't really tell you that answer <laughs> right now, but I will, I will know soon. I promise you, I will know soon, that's, but the options are there. A lot of that's options. Right. It, that, you know? That's the main thing, right? The options yeah. are there. And so that, the, that chapter of your book hasn't been written yet, right? No, not even yet. Not even <laughs> yet. But it's going to be a big chapter though, for sure. A lot of pages. Oh, I'm excited to see you at Ski Spec. I appreciate that. I'm stoked, man. I'm stoked. I'm, you know, telling, and, and, and I definitely advocate for Move United, man. Whenever I meet somebody that's, you know, disabled or whatever it may be, I always tell them about Move United and tell them about Ski Spec and always trying to spread the word of this awesome, awesome organization and these fantastic events you guys host, man. It's life-changing stuff, dude. Life-changing stuff. So yeah, I'm stoked, man. We're excited, excited, counting down the days for sure. You'll see my big smile out there. Don't worry. (laughs) 